Hello, I'm Dave. And I'm Rob. And welcome to the Doctor Who Show and this very special episode. Sounds like an after-school special here now, doesn't it? It does. Rob, we've gathered here today for a special one-up episode because we've had some news that I think we can describe as both expected but still rather sad and disappointing. Yeah, absolutely expected that Peter Capaldi's going. Uh, we've been saying it for the past year, so really, really expected. However, still very sad because he is such a fantastic actor. Yeah, look, he is. He's been a doctor that's really brought me back into the show uh, to new levels in many ways over the last couple of years. And I think he's got great potential. He could have done a lot more with the role, but we totally get that with a new executive producer or showrunner coming on board, they're going to have their own vision and they're going to have their own style. And it's going to include the choice of lead actor. So needless to say, it's a obvious and logical decision, but I think we and a lot of fans are going to be disappointed. Yeah, and I mean, we've got a whole other series of him to go. We've got a whole other Christmas special to go. Anything could happen. Some of his best work, indeed, his best work might come out in what we're about to see. So it's, it's actually quite exciting in many ways. It is, it is. So we're going to see, hopefully, I think, the best of Peter Capaldi. But we thought this was a worthy occasion on which we should do a special episode just focused very much on Peter Capaldi leaving in the role and then having a look at where we think the role might go in a couple of years' time. Indeed, and I know you were so keen to do this. You've only just flown back from the UK earlier this morning, and we're already on the mics getting into it. That's absolutely right. I think I've been back in the country for less than 12 hours, and we're doing this. But I was literally in a hotel at the Dubai airport when it was Mark from 42 to Doomsday sent me a text, and I don't know if he knew he was paying international SMS rates at that point, but he sent me a text saying Peter Capaldi had gone, and on the news scroll on the entertainment console on the flight back peter capaldi leaving was one of the headlines so this is international world news absolutely and it inspired you i guess to start thinking about your replacements and you made well quite a list i believe yeah just i was just thinking about well who would i like to replace him and who could get the role and i started just making a list and it actually became a bit of a task to occupy me on the plane so when I was stopped over in Singapore, I messaged yourself and said, why don't you make one? Let's, let's do a little bit of an episode about this. Indeed. I've, I've come up with 10. Okay, I've got 12, but I suspect, well, in fact, I'm very confident there'll be a couple of double-ups in there. So I'm, I'm sure there will be. And I've got to say with my list, I don't know about yours, but with my list, I've, I've put in people I'm dead serious about. I've put in a few that I'm like, a bit of a speculator. And I've put in some that might be fun, but I actually don't think would be the Doctor, but it would kind of be interesting. Yeah, look, I've done exactly the same thing. There's a few sort of uh, young and up-and-coming actors that are favourites of mine, people like... Uh, Grant Gustin, Ezra Miller, um, uh, uh, Tom Sankster, who I would love to have the role one day, but I think they are absolutely too young at the moment to do it, so I haven't put them on there at the moment. But they could be in my list after, maybe after the next Doctor, when we get to Doctor 14. Indeed. I mean, I suggested someone today on on Facebook, and someone said, no, no, he'll be good in 10 years' time. I thought, "Mm, yeah, maybe they're right. (laughs) I won't say who that was. Oh, fair enough. But, yeah, so there's a couple that I have ruled out because I don't think they're at all credible. But, yes, some of mine are more fanciful than others. All right. So who will go first? And will we do them in some sort of order? Uh, Well, I've got no no logical order to mine. But uh, why why don't you go first, Rob? All right. I'll go first with what I'm calling a long-shot male. And please call out bingo if it's a bingo. This is Sean Pertwee. Oh, 
no bingo, but yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, he's a sentimental favourite. He's known to genre fans now through Gotham. Um, I guess the flip side is, though, would we really be rating him if he wasn't Sean Pertwee? Probably not. <laughs> so that's why he's my long shot male. Yeah, look, that's fair enough. And it would be interesting to see him in the role, but yeah, that probably is a long shot. Now, my first is also a long shot. Uh, he's more known for his movies, but he has done some television recently, and that's Elijah Wood. Oh, gosh, a, a non-Brit. A non-Brit, but somebody who I think's definitely got that sort of weirdness. He's definitely got the profile, and I think he's just coming into the right age where, certainly in the new era of the show, uh, he could absolutely uh, do the role. Yeah, I can see that. And his movie career after Lord of the Rings, I think, I don't know whether it was to satisfy himself or whether he just couldn't get roles because he was too well known as Frodo. But he's gone off into sort of indie land in terms of films and now doing TV with Dirk Gently. So he'd be open to TV, I guess. Yeah, I think. And I think he's also one of those actors who, let's face it, he probably doesn't need to make money anymore. No. So he can do the t programs or the movies that he wants to do and he finds interesting, and maybe Doctor Who would be that. Interesting. All right. I've got a long-shot female now to, to counterpoint that uh, male, and yes. I, I guess it's it's worth mentioning at the moment that a lot of people, more so than when Capaldi was being cast, are on board with the idea of a female Doctor. There's still quite a bit of opposition to it as well, but, you know, it's it's on the cards. It could happen. So... Yeah, look, I, I think it absolutely could happen. I'm, oh, look, my my deep down sort of traditionalist side is a little bit resistant to it, but I've I've got no logical reason why you wouldn't do it. My only concern would be I hope that they don't sit down and go right, let's do a female doctor, and then try and make everything fit, mm. rather than having a proper vision or an actress around whom they've already got a vision, and that they can sort of build it. I think you need to put the horse before the cart. Well, that's just the thing. And, and admittedly, a lot of people out there have said, you know, the actress has got to be right. You know, don't just say, oh, we need a woman because it's a woman and then try and find a woman. <laughs> yeah, know? that's right. If you, if you have just some amazing actor in mind and it happens to be a woman, fantastic. So my long shot female, and this is probably just to wind some people up out there, Catherine Kelly. Because uh, her turn in class might not have won her many Doctor Who fans. I, I still can't believe the animosity towards it, actually, uh, towards class from Doctor Who fans. But mm. she but she is a good actress. She could be quite interesting. She has presence. She can be a bit mean. She's not just a pretty face. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Probably unlikely, given her now role in the broader Doctor Who universe. But, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Well, that was part of the reason I picked her after, you know, Capaldi was in Fires of Pompeii and Gillen and, you know, Colin Baker and all these other who actors have been in the show before. Which is true, which is true. We shouldn't rule anyone out because of that, should we? No, indeed. Who have you got next? I've got somebody who I usually get your reaction to this one, Rob, because my next one is Peter Davison. Oh, he's not on my list, but yes, you just got a big reaction. <laughs> I, I think that it would be absolutely wonderful to see Peter Davison come back and do the role now, as opposed to when he was in his 20s. I think it would be fascinating to see. He's a very, very capable actor. And I think that if you're going to bring any of the actors back to do the role a second time, Peter Davison is absolutely the one who could do it. Indeed. And, and I'm assuming you've even seen him say in interviews that he thinks he probably could do a better job at this age than he did do when he was 29 or whenever he was cast. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not to knock the role he did when he was uh, around in the 80s. He's 
you know, he was good then, he'd be very good now. Yeah, I think so. And put him in a proper costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Not Yeah, and, and I think that's important. I wouldn't want to see him just recreate the fifth Doctor. I'd want to see him create his own new uh, 13th Doctor. Yeah, yeah. Now, that that would be interesting. He wouldn't be quite as dashing or relying on the boyish, you know, smile. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to give that one some thought. I, obviously, I haven't been thinking about that. I've ruled him out in my head, you know, because he's a past Doctor. But, gosh, that is interesting. Okay, you're next. My next, Richard Madden, perhaps best known as Rob on Game of Thrones. He's got the classic leading man looks. He'd be swashbuckling and dashing, but probably more on the serious side. So we've had some young actors doing the Doctor, but they've been more on the, you know, matey, goofy side. I think he'd be a young actor maybe on the the more serious side. And that could be an interesting contrast, you know, if we go back to a young guy, but he's very, very serious. Okay. I I must admit I'm not familiar with Game of Thrones, so that one's gone over my head. But the description of what you've got sounds similar to some of my choices. So, yeah, makes sense. Interesting. Well, throw me another choice. Uh, Jack Davenport. Jack Davenport, yes. 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 So he was very good in the lead of a series called Ultraviolet back in the 90s. Since then, he's done a lot of things. He was obviously in Coupling, which Stephen Moffat wrote. Uh, He recently had a role in the uh, Kingsman movie. And again, if you're looking for Brit, if you're looking for leading man, uh, if you're looking for somebody who can do uh, a bit of oddball sort of stuff, I think Jack Davenport would absolutely do that very well and would be one of the older people on my list, but not old. No, how old would you reckon he is now? Um, look, he'd have to be in his 40s. I don't know if he'd be 50 yet. Yeah, so still 40s, yeah. Yeah, I think that's doable. Yeah. Hmm. And it's worth noting at this point, of course, that I believe I'm correct in saying that the next Doctor Who episode that airs, Peter Capaldi will be older than William Hartnell was in 10th Planet Part 4. That would make sense, yeah. So I think I think I don't think it happened with the Christmas special, but I could be wrong. So, but either with the Christmas special, or the first episode of the next series, Peter Capaldi will become the oldest person to play the Doctor. Yeah, it makes sense because I think when he got the role, they were the same age. They're both fifty-five-year-olds, I think. Although Hartnell looked buggered, you know, I think people fifty years ago just had harder lives, perhaps. Well, it was, and Hartnell was also made up to look like a grandfather as well. Indeed, and we, we forget how much you know he had the wig and the makeup and everything, and and played the part old. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, now that Capaldi, obviously, this is his third series, but fourth year in the role. So, yeah, he's moved past Hartnell in terms of age. Yeah, yeah. All right. You're Uh, next. My next. David, did you ever watch The Musketeers? No, sorry, no. Oh, it's a BBC classic series, David. Look, look, it is. It's 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 been on my list. I've never got around to it, but, but keep going. Right. Well, I was going to say, you probably think I'm going to pick one of The Musketeers, but I'm not. I'm going to pick Ryan Gage, who plays Louis Thirteenth in The Musketeers, because in that role he showed that he's got real steel and seriousness. He can be really, really angry. But he's also got this extreme goofiness as well. He's got the craziest grin this side of Tom Baker. And sometimes he'll be really serious and do the grin in one scene. And it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, it lights yep. up the screen. You think, he's really fun. I like him. So Ryan Gage from The Musketeers. Interesting choice. Not one of mine, but yeah, I see totally where you're going. Mm, I'm surprised we haven't had any bingos yet. No, no. Okay. Uh, so my next one, again, is somebody who's a much younger actor. And I, I have got a few very young choices on my list because I do think that 
as every doctor tends to be the opposite of the past one, they are likely to go back for that more younger demographic, that more leading man, tenant-style demographic, or pops even more Matt Smith. But I've gone young and serious, and that's Tom Felton. Ooh, Draco Malfoy. Draco Malfoy. Uh, but he's also been in The Flash as a recurring character. He's done a lot of movies. He was... Uh, uh, well, heaps and heaps of movies, often gets to play the bad guy, but really capable actor, young, leading man, huge name recognition. And I think if he wanted to do young, he could do young and serious very, very well. And it could be a very good opportunity for him to play somebody who isn't the bad guy. Yeah, and he's obviously got the following in genre fan circles, but you know what else... He's also a bit weird looking. I know you yeah. say he's leading man looking, but he's also got this slightly weird look about him, which does make an actor stand out in a title role like this. Yeah, and and certainly of that Harry Potter cast, I think he's the one that has got that ability to sort of go well beyond their character. I mean, look, Daniel Radcliffe is a great actor, and if Daniel Radcliffe was ever to play the Doctor, that would be wonderful, but... Daniel Radcliffe, no matter how many wonderful, weird, independent movies he does, he's still always going to be Harry Potter. Yeah, and he tries so hard. He picks these really weird roles, and you can just tell he's trying, but he still looks like Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah, whereas Tom Felton, I think he can get away from that, partly because with age he just looks so much different to what he did as a kid. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good one. All right, throwing in another lady into the mix, and uh, this, this is one where... I don't think she could actually be the Doctor, but it would be kind of interesting. And she is very well known in the UK. And I'm not going to say Olivia Coleman. I'm going to say Jessica Rain. Okay, that name rings a bell, but I can't place it. Okay, you'd probably know her off the advertisements for Call the Midwife. She's the extremely pretty midwife. No, not familiar at all, sorry. That's not too simplistic a way to put it. Um, She was also in Doctor Who. She was in that episode with the haunted house. She was one of the the team of two sort of ghost busting people who uh, made the link to the other side. She was the psychic woman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that, yeah. That's Jessica Ray. So she's also had a part in Doctor Who, a sneaky cheeky part in Doctor Who, and yep. uh, and I think she's now she's mature enough, you know, because I was talking to some people about this uh, recently for a female Doctor Who actor. And, and for a male too, there's got to be a certain assertiveness. And I think with some of the younger female actors, they might just not quite get there. Whereas I think once they hit their mid-30s, they can really nail that sort of thing. You know, particularly when you talk about going back in time and having to command a room full of men or whatever the situation might be. You, you just need, I think, that little bit of maturity. And she's in her mid-30s now, and I think she could she could do it quite well. And she's also very well known. So, you know, people would be you know, really tuning in to see what she had to bring. Yeah, I agree with all of those comments here. I think that could be a really interesting choice. I like that one a lot. And not someone who certainly would have come into my, uh, or come onto my radar, but yeah, I do like that. Mm. My next one is also a woman. And this one I I thought might've been very obvious. Julia Swahala. Oh, oh, I could have had an extra one on my list. Yes. Yes. She would be very good actually. Yes. (laughs) And yes. I was I was umming and ahhing about putting her on the list, and then I th- I saw on the plane the absolutely fabulous movie was one of the options. So I watched the first half hour of that and watched her in that playing you know, the role now, and I thought, yeah, she's absolutely still active and still capable and could absolutely be the Doctor. And I think she's somebody, again, 
who's oh, well, let's face it, she started in a Stephen Moffat story with a press gang. Well, I was going to say she's a Stephen Moffat alum. Not that he has anything to do with the choice, I, I suppose. But uh, yeah, she does have that connection for sure. Yeah. Oh gosh, that 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 could have very easily been a bingo. She just I didn't include her. Um, okay, my next one. And I don't know if we'll get a bingo here. It's another quirky one. And, and a lot of people say this, so I'm not saying anything too original here, but Richard Ayoade. Okay, again, ringing a bell. Remind me who it is. Uh, one of the trio on the IT crowd. He's the quirky bloke with the big Afro hair. Wow, okay. Glasses. And uh, he also does, well, he does a number of shows, but he also does a lot of geek type shows where he gets around the world looking at geeky type things. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he has an interesting voice. He definitely has an interesting look and he's hugely respected by the geek crowd. Yeah, that's an oddball choice, mm. but I like that. I like <laughs> that a lot. And, and again, a lot of people are saying it, so I can't take any you know real credit for it. But I I kind of agree with them that it could be interesting. They'd have to be careful with how they ride him because his persona is a bit sort of one trick pony. Like he's a geek who talks really funny, you know. And he'd have to stretch a bit beyond that. But I think he could. I think he'd be interesting. He'd be one of those ones that if they cast him, I think a lot of people would get it. A lot of other people would assume he was a one-trick pony and be very resistant. Mm. But if he played it completely against type, could be a really fascinating pick. Do you mean if he did sort of a Pertwee or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, okay, that could be that could be interesting. Who have, who have you got next? Uh, I've got another younger one here, and that's Will Poulter. I am not familiar with Will Poulter. Okay, he was in the Voyage of the Dawn Treader movie. He was in... Uh, the, the first Maze Runner film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a comic, a, a child comic actor in a series in Britain. He was in The Revenant. He plays the young sidekick to Leonardo DiCaprio. Now, out of those, I've seen Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Was he the annoying cousin? Yes. He was? <laughs> yes. With, yeah. with the really, really weird eyebrows. Yeah. Now, he has got a quirky look as well. He's absolutely got a quirky look. He was originally cast to play Clown Pennywise in the upcoming movie version of Stephen King's It. No way! Yeah, but he had to pull out for uh, reasons that aren't, aren't quite clear, oh. whether it was scheduling or change of direct or whatever, but he was originally cast as Clown Pennywise, and everyone's gone, yeah, absolutely, this guy's, you know, weird and oddball, and he's young, but he can be creepy, and he can be charming, and he can be uh, really charismatic. And I thought that would be a fascinating choice to play the doctor if they wanted to go really young yeah. but you know british actor played some very serious roles and would be definitely an out there choice i think he's probably the youngest on my list in fact i'm sure he's the youngest on my list but i'll be interested to see that one oh, that is a really interesting choice yeah yeah okay all right here's one where some people might roll their eyes and and so on but i've been thinking about this guy for a while and it's not the guy you probably think I'm thinking of. It's Martin Freeman. Yeah, I am rolling my eyes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have thought he would be an interesting doctor since possibly before Sherlock, but certainly during the first series of Sherlock, I thought, you know, he's eccentric, but he's not crazy. You know, he's he's very British. He's the everyman. He's He's got an interesting look, even though he is the everyman. It's not quite a, a quirky look, but it's a distinctive look. Hmm, maybe. Although I think 
the sweet spot might have passed for him. It might yeah, have been five years ago or so. Yeah, that's kind of my problem with him. Um, I loved him in The Office, which is where I think, well, I think everybody saw him for the first time. He was in Love Actually. He was good. Look, he's good in everything, you know. He was good in the Hitchhikers movie. But there's almost a feeling of saturation with him now. Yeah. And I just, I just think you're right. The sweet spot may have moved on. But if he did get it, he'll do a very good job. Oh, he wouldn't let the side down at all. That's for sure. Okay, well, my next pick is far less conventional. This is probably my least conventional pick on my list. Yeah. I've got somebody who is female, black, and American. Crikey. Okay, that that, that would really stir the fans up. So. At least I think <laughs> she's American. I could, I could be wrong. Gina Torres. Gina Torres. Now, where do I know that name from? She was in Firefly. Of course. She's, she's Zoe, right, from Firefly, yes. And also she was the... Uh, Managing director from Suits until the last season when she left. My wife loves her. In fact, in in some of the online games my wife's played, she's made characters that kind of look like her <laughs> in sort of oh, homage. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, she's she's quite popular in this household. Oh well, there you go. Because I just think if, as you said, if we're going to have a woman, it needs to be somebody who can absolutely command a room. And Gina Torres has absolutely proved she can do that. She did it in Firefly, where you know she was able to you know, take it up to the captain and be his equal and be his peer. In Suits, where she was the manager of a massive law firm, she's a great actress. And look, it would be a very unconventional choice, but I have no doubt she could do the role really, really well. Yeah, yeah. Now that is, gosh, I wasn't even. I was. I was so focused on sort of the British side of things. I didn't even think of someone like that. Gosh, yeah, good one. Um. I'm just looking at my list. I'm down to my last three. You might be down to your last four or five. Yeah. So I wonder if you want to take the lead on a couple and then we'll we'll swing back and do our final three for three. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with a more conventional choice, which is Jamie Bamber. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, there's someone I know with an American accent in Battlestar Galactica, but really is British. Absolutely. First came to prominence working alongside Paul McGann in the last few Hornblower telly movies. He did, yep. Uh, I think he's also been in one of the uh, British emergency services sitcoms. I can't remember which one it is, like whether it was the fire service one or something, but he's he's done a lot of stuff in British television. But yeah, absolutely, he was in Battlestar Galactica. Definitely, you know, handsome leading man if they want to go down that David Tennant style. But I think now reaching the sweet spot where he's not just the young and pretty leading man, he's going to really do some serious acting. I'd like to see him have a crack at that. Yeah, yeah, no, he is he is in a really sweet spot if, if that's what they want to do. Yeah, good one. Uh, and my next one is also Firefly alum, and that's Nathan Fillion. Oh, now he would be super popular with the fans. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was originally going to put Anthony Stewart Head on my list, but then I thought, you know what, 10 years ago he would have been great, but now I think he's done other things and he's sort of moved on and he'd be such a conventional choice. I didn't want to have him, but that got me thinking the Buffy world and everything and Nathan Fillion obviously came into that and I thought, yeah, absolutely, he's someone who would be great in the role. And, of course, he's Canadian, so, you know, he sort of straddles that US-UK uh, divide, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it'd be interesting to see how he would play it, whether he would choose to play it as a Brit or he'd play it as a Canadian or what he'd do with it. But again, you know, leading man, great sci-fi credits from Firefly and Buffy, and he's been in a whole lot of other things, could definitely do the role. All this all this talk of Americans, I wish I put John Hamm on my list now, but that's by the by. Um, 
Are you down to your last three now? I am. So do you want to go? I will go. My number three, and this is in order going down three, two, one. If it's a woman, this is someone everyone talks about as well, similar to some of my earlier choices, but it's Tilda Swinton. Okay. Yeah, okay. Probably had to be on the list. Any bingos? No, no. I I considered her, but didn't make my list, but... Yeah, very worthy choice. Okay, and not just for the quirkiness that she can portray, not just for her look, which is striking and a bit odd, but here's here's one that many people might not even realise. It would give us our first half Aussie doctor. I hadn't realised that. Her mother's an Aussie. Yeah. Shh. Ah. Let's get her in. <laughs> okay, well, that gives her bonus points out from the start, yeah. <laughs> cool. What's your number three? Uh, well, as I say, there's no particular order, but my third last on my list is Neil Pearson. Oh, yes. Okay. I had to sort of stretch my memory on that one, but yes, yes. Yes. Came to prominence in Drop the Dead Donkey, but he's done a lot of stuff since then, a lot of dramas, a lot of movies, and again, just somebody who, if you'd said to me Neil Pearson could play the Doctor back when he was doing Drop the Dead Donkey, I would have absolutely scorned you, but now, 20 years on... I think he's absolutely ready for the role and could do it really well. Well, I'm thinking back to, oh, what was it called? Between the Lines or Behind the Lines? Yeah, uh, yes. I can't remember what it was called, but I know the thing you're referring to. Where he was, uh, he had been a copper and then he wasn't a copper. Was he a detective? Oh, I've got to watch that again. That was brilliant. Yeah, I saw that on broadcast and it's a very dim memory. But yeah, he was very good in that. I believe he was in, in all the Bridget Jones movies as well. So he's done some more high profile stuff. Um, I say believe, that's just what the internet's telling me. I've never seen the movies. <laughs> yeah, I've got to say, between the lines, I was watching that on broadcast too. So that's probably when I was like in my last year of high school or something, you know. And that's quite a while ago now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alrighty. Uh, my turn, I guess. Yes. My number two is actually the bookie's favourite. And, you know, if the bookies are to be believed, the bookie's favourite often gets it. Um, I remember when the bookies were saying, it's going to be Matt Smith. And this was back when everyone was thinking, you know, all manner of other names. Um, mm. And I was thinking, no, it won't be Matt Smith. The hell is Matt Smith? Jesus. And, and Peter Capaldi was absolutely the, the favourite for a long time running up. I think it was the... Least surprising announcement we've had. Yeah, the the bookies had Capaldi, and and before him they had Smith. So, the bookies' favourite right now, and maybe people should turn off in case this is a spoiler, because it really could be because they've been on the money in the past. The bookies' favourite is Ben Wishaw. Is that right? Yes. Ooh, now I'm a big Ben Wishaw fan, but is it too weird? Is it too out there? Well, it depends on how he plays it. Because, I mean, aside from... I made a few notes here and I said, you know, he loves his stage and he loves his screen maybe more than TV, but he has done some astonishing TV. And not all of it is weird and quirky. I mean, have you seen London Spy, for example? Yeah, I have. I was, I was exactly about to say that, that he does play the leading character in that. He does it very well. Yeah, and that's not weird or quirky at all. That's, that's really depressing and very, you know, dramatic, actually. It is, but he still comes across as a bit weird and quirky in it, I think. In, yeah, I, I guess in a different way. In the same way that Matt Smith always does, no matter what Matt Smith plays, even when he's playing Prince Philip, 
there's still that Matt Smith slight weirdness to it. And I think that Ben Wisher is another one who naturally embodies a certain amount of weirdness, no matter what he plays. Mm. It's it's yeah, I, I, yeah. Like I'd love him to play the role, and I think he'd be fascinating in the role and very capable in the role. It just almost seems too obvious. Maybe it sometimes is though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, look, Ben Wishaw, I didn't realise he was the bookie's favourite, but if it does turn out to be him, that would make a lot of sense, and, yeah, I'll be very, very happy with that. Uh, my last, or second last one, I should say, again, a real oddball choice that sort of came right at the end of my thinking, and that's Patrick J. Adams. Oh, okay. Who is one of the leads in Suits. Now, I probably wouldn't have had him on the list were it not for his turn in a couple of episodes of Legends of Tomorrow, where he plays a character there that is extremely Doctor-esque. And I looked at him playing that and thought, he could absolutely play the Doctor. And if they wanted to go with a American person and also a younger leading man, I think he would be a really interesting pick. And he got a lot of kudos from genre fans for that Legends of Tomorrow role. So it could be a very interesting choice. Mm, yeah, no, I agree with you there. Now, I guess we're both up to our top choice. And b- before we get onto it, I have a question, just a quick question. Do we think, particularly given the new series will start shooting in about five or six months, that the new Doctor has already been chosen? I think it is very, very likely that even if the contract hasn't been inked, approaches would have been made because there's no way that Chris Chibnall... Let's face it, the first thing you do when you become a showrunner is you have to pick a Doctor because the Doctor sets the tone... For everything else, it defines what type of companion you're going to cast. It defines what type of stories you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You can't pick a costume until you've picked a doctor, all of that sort of stuff. So the idea that Chibnall wouldn't have picked that and at least made approaches is unlikely. And I also suspect that the timing of the Capaldi announcement would be to do with the next actor having, if not signed, then been, been confirmed. Yeah. Yeah, that that's what I'm thinking. And so between that and what we were talking about a moment ago about the bookies, I'm I'm wondering whether things have happened behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's very, very likely. All right. Shall we uh move on to number one? Go on. Number one, my favorite, my man crush, Samuel Barnett. Snap. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I, I, I've had this one, actually. It was higher on my list, but I knew he was your absolute favourite, so I've been waiting for you to say it. And I, I just want to say to people who haven't seen it on Twitter, as soon as Capaldi quit, as soon as you let me know, actually, that Capaldi quit and I jumped online, I, I tweeted Samuel Barnett and said, now's your time, <laughs> come on. <laughs> and he said, I wish, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. <laughs> yeah, look, I think Samuel Barnett could well play the Doctor one day. I don't think he's going to get it this time. But, look, you and I both have loved him in many different roles, and uh, he would be great as the Doctor. Well, that's just the thing. The hardest part these days is saying his name without people instantly thinking of just Dirk Gently or thinking the decision is based on just Dirk Gently. Like, oh, you think he's quirky like Matt Smith in Dirk Gently. That's why you want him to be the Doctor. No, nothing could be further from the truth, actually. Although Dirk Gently is fantastic as well. Yes, but it's fair to say both of us discovered Dirk Gently because we were Samuel Barnett fans, and that led us to his role there, not the other way around. Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, I, I did read Dirk Gently books when I was a kid as well. Um, oh, for so, sure. So there was a Douglas Adams aspect as well. But I, I know what you're trying to say there, and yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
and gosh, I'd love to see him do it. And he's been doing Big Finish. In fact, he's just done a uh, a Cicero play for Big Finish. Have you seen the preview for that? No, I haven't. I I'll have to check that out. Yeah, he's he's playing Cicero, and I listened to the preview. I thought, oh, this sounds quite good. This might be like a Big Finish that's not Doctor Who that I actually you know go out and actually actively seek out because I'm really into him as a, as an actor, and I think it it sounds really interesting. So yeah. Oh, yeah, big Samuel Barnett fan, but you know one thing that probably cruels it? I think they're doing a second series of Dirk Gently, and he'd be filming that for half of this, you know, coming year, so he probably couldn't do Doctor Who, even if he wanted to. Yeah, yeah. no, I think he's got other things in his career at the moment, but if not number 13, maybe 14 or 15. Yeah, well, look, I can now exclusively reveal the uh, person I was talking about earlier on Facebook and someone said to me, oh, he'd be good in 10 years' time. It was actually Samuel Barnett they were referring to. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because they said, you know, when he's older, and and I thought, oh, this is what everyone says because everyone seems to think he's still 19 or something. I said, look, he's 36. He's already, you know, old-ish. But uh, they said, no, when he's 46. That's fair enough. And and were the people who were saying this people who were – fans of Matt Smith and David Tennant? Or are these more old-school fans who like their Doctor to have a bit of grey hair? I would say the person who said this, their favourite Doctor is John Pertwee, so they've got nothing against grey hair. They love the Pert. But they also really love Matt Smith. Yeah, and that's interesting because I, 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 I really suspect they're going to go young this time. I just have that feeling that whether it's driven by looking for opposites and a pushback against Capaldi, not in a negative way, but just, you know, you know, way to make it dramatically different in the way that Peter Davison wants to Tom Baker and Capaldi himself wants to Smith. Whether there's a certain sense of the tail wagging the dog in terms of merchandising and, and PR wanting to get that more uh, teeny bopper audience back in that Tennant and Smith had, there's just so many reasons why I think they could go younger. But that said, if Chris Chibnall had someone older in mind he would have he would have gone there but i think it is going to be younger yeah yeah i i actually had this debate with someone on uh the doctor who book of fab group recently because they were saying oh the next one's going to be younger and he was saying it in a really negative way and probably for all the reasons that we're saying it ourselves you know that they probably do want the teeny bopper audience they do want a, a different doctor to capaldi and so on that all makes sense however as i said to him look the doctor after tenant I think uh, Moffat wanted an older doctor, but when Smith walked into the room, he thought, oh my God, this kid's only 28 or 29, but yes, I'm taking him. So Chibnall could be thinking, I want an older doctor, uh, a younger doctor, I should say, but someone older could walk in and it could it could change his mind. So anything is possible. Yeah, look, that's exactly right. But I think what we've tried to show with our lists is that, you know, you can go younger and still be really exciting as a choice. You can go female and be exciting as a choice. You can go different ethnic backgrounds or different nationalities. There's no choice that you and I have mentioned that I would have any problem with whatsoever, despite some of them being very unconventional. And so I think that who knows what path they're going to go down as long as they pick somebody on their own merit and not just because – of them being young and or a woman and or a nationality or whatever, Mm. pick the best person regardless of all that. And if it's a weird, unconventional choice, let's see what they can do. Just before we go, one one question on casting a woman, because it is such a hot topic at the moment. So question without notice. Do you think if they don't do it this time, it's going to be harder for them to do it in the future rather than easier? Uh, I actually don't subscribe to that theory. I'd take the view that the production team can pretty much do whatever they like 
and they're creative enough that they can write it however they like. So I think they'll do it if and when they're ready. I, I do think that it would be a very big leap of faith for them, though, and I don't know if it's a leap of faith the BBC would want to take with their main or, or with a masthead uh, show because the reality is whilst a lot of people will tune in to see a woman and see how it works, if it doesn't work exactly right from the first day, it will give a lot of people an excuse to go, the show's jumped the shark, they've changed the gender of the character, it's pandering, it's PR run, it's spin, and nah, I'm getting off this horse now. And I was going to say, of course, coming... I mean, we, we don't know what this final Capaldi series is like. It could be the greatest series ever made. We don't know. But at present, the the perception of Capaldi is that he's lost a million viewers somewhere. Um, even when we factor in time shifting and all of that good stuff, there are people missing in action in the audience. If they go to a woman, will it be seen as stunt casting, trying to desperately claw the audience back? And then if it doesn't work, could it could it kill the show? Would Chibnall perhaps take a more safer hands approach and think, I'm going to go in, put in a really popular young guy, get the show back up to where I want it to be, and then I'm going to cast a woman? Could that be his plan? Look, that could well be his plan. That would make sense. I think that if there's resistance to casting a woman, it will come less from Chibnall and more from the BBC itself. Because, of course, don't forget the BBC has effectively veto power over casting of a, a lead in such a prominent series. So they may well have their own views on, if not who should play the role, what sort of person they're looking for. And I think they're going to be looking for somebody who is unquestionably safe and marketable. Yeah, well, look, they've lost the bake-off. They've lost um, Top Gear. Well, yeah, haven't lost Top Gear, but they've certainly... No, they don't they, have the show they've lost was. Top Gear, let's face it. <laughs> They really need Doctor Who to start, you know, firing. Uh, and as I say, this new series could be absolutely fantastic. Who knows? So, Look, if the way that Capaldi played the Doctor in The Return of Doctor Mysterio is an indication of the path they're going to go down, which is a little bit friendlier, a little bit weirder, and a little bit more fun, I think we could be in for a real cracker season. And I also think that Moffat off the leash in terms of not trying to put together a a series with all these sort of things. We're just going, you know what? I've got a bonus here. I'm just going to have fun. That actually could be the best Moffat season we've had. Yeah, yeah it really could. I've, I've had that thought myself. So fingers crossed. Absolutely. So we've had some interesting picks there, Rob. Thank you for um, joining on that. I think we should just point out to the listeners that this is a standalone episode. So there's a, a lot of things we're going to talk about in our regular episode at the end of the month not least, of course, the passing of John Hurt. Of course, uh, the passing of John Hurt. Uh, we'll probably talk a little more about Capaldi. There might be some more news come out in the next three weeks or so as well. I want to hear about your adventures with the Diddly Dumb Boys and, of course, the Blue Box Podcast Boys when you're in the UK. There's a hell of a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. We've stayed away from it for this episode because we want this to be a nice, tight little special. But we wanted to give Peter Capaldi a bit of a send-off. He deserves a special episode to say... You know, Bon Voyage, acknowledge his retirement. But there's going to be lots of speculation about casting the next Doctor. We wanted to be out there right in front. Absolutely. Where we belong. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think uh, we'll cut it there and we'll get this up onto the interwebs and see what people think. If you have any thoughts on who the Doctor should be, of course, write to us, hello at the DWShow.net. Reach us on Twitter or Facebook at the usual addresses. Well, thank you, Rob. It's been a lot of fun. And let's see if either of us are right. 
Absolutely. We should put money on this. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go that far. All right, mate. I'll catch you later. Goodbye.